This is the sermon. I am Coriel. And on today's episode, we are about to get into a conversation that is not going to be the most comfortable, which unfortunately, I feel like most of the conversations that I feel led to have here on the sermon are not necessarily the most comfortable, but they are meant to cause a little discomfort to hopefully influence you to make a move to make some change to take action. I am of the belief of like you can talk about it or you could be about it. You can complain about it or you can work on it. You know, you you got to pick a side. And in 2024, I believe we owe it to ourselves to not just seek awareness, not just pray for clarity, but really really take action. Um, and start putting some of these plans and putting some of these prayers into practice. But as we start, you know, wanting better for ourselves and working towards wherever we see ourselves going, we're often met with a realization that there's some other stuff that we are going to have to work on, some other things that we weren't necessarily setting out to discover about ourselves. For example, whether you are talking about going after a new uh, level in personal relationships and your professional endeavors, if you're seeking a new level in your career, if you're wanting deeper relationships um, with your friends, going after those goals are going to cause you to check yourself. It's going to cause you to shift your perspective. It's going to cause you to really gain more self-awareness so that you can become the woman required the woman that is needed in order to sustain, maintain, manage this new life that you want to live. So you can't just say, I want to um, run a multi-million dollar company without also preparing mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally to manage and maintain those multiple millions that you're praying about. It takes a a level of awareness. It takes a level of audacity. It takes a level of um, action. It takes a new level to unlock Literally, you have to you have to become someone new in order to unlock these new levels in life. The same identity that got you here is not necessarily going to get you there. And so as we are seeking to do all of these amazing things, we are forced to figure out how we can become this amazing woman worthy of these amazing things. And y'all, I don't know about your relationship with God. Okay, I'm going to just speak for myself, but I feel like me and God have this really funny (laughs) relationship. Like God puts me through some things. He'd be like, okay, girl, put your money where your mouth is. You say you want to work on this. Let me give you an opportunity to practice. You say you want to become this person. Let me give you an opportunity to show yourself. Let me give you a chance to prove it. And so I'm put in these situations where If I say, okay, I want to be more assertive, God is going to present me with an opportunity, present me with an obstacle, present me with an experience that's going to force me to be more assertive. If I say I need to work on my patience, God is going to put me in position to be forced to work on my patience and it's not always going to feel good. And so as I am working through my mommy issues, looking at 
how I was, you know, raised, what I was raised to believe, the circumstances that I grew up in and how that has impacted who I am today, I start to see some patterns, okay? I start to really see some patterns in myself when I start to unpack those layers, those things that I've just kind of overlooked for all of these years, those um, staples in my childhood that I didn't necessarily think were abnormal or crazy or toxic. It was just what I was used to. It's not until you have these wake up calls and life has, you know, its way of delivering your wake up call. My wake up call came in the form of this knockdown, drag out, non-physical altercation that I got into with my mother that really caused me to pause and figure out like, how did I get here? Who was I raised to be? Who was I raised by? And just really putting on this new set of lenses, like looking at my life with a new perspective. And so this episode is all about me having this revelation for myself and now encouraging you as I'm encouraging myself to take some time to consider your source. So a couple episodes ago, I talked about, you know, making sure that the source of your ideas is God and not the gram. We talk about, you know, the source of where these ideas, these individual ideas come from. But I want to consider your actual source, like the source from which you came. The source from which your identity was formed. And for each of us. You know, it looks a little different. You could have been raised in an environment with uh, your mom and your dad. You could have been raised in an environment with one parent and not both. You may have been raised in an environment with one biological parent and one bonus parent. You could have been raised in an environment with a grandparent or a set of grandparents or uh, adults that were not related to you. Whoever was responsible for raising you. That's who I want to consider today in terms of your source, because regardless of who that person is or what position, quote unquote, they hold in your life, like what title they have, their their role and the responsibility that they had directly impacted and is still impacting who you are today. And so many of us spend so much time examining the fruit, examining the product, examining what we are currently experiencing without actually examining the root. You cannot change the fruit without looking at the root. So what is the actual root of who we are? Where where did all of this start? So today's guiding question is, who raised you? And there's this popular uh, comedian, T.K. Kirkland. He has like this famous joke where he's or I I should say like a running joke where it's, you know, he's talking about this crazy behavior, like all of this stuff. Y'all are out here. Y'all are acting outside. Y'all are outside acting crazy. Y'all are on the Internet cutting up like who raised you? Who raised you to be like this? And so it's a part of his joke, but it's definitely like my guiding thought that I've been having personally is like, who, who, who were these people truly? Outside of who they were to you, 
who were they as an individual, like as a man, who was my father while he was raising me? Because his position in my life was dad, it was father, but he was a man outside of this title, outside of this position. But we very rarely look at our parents outside of this position that they hold in our lives. We look at our mother as mom. We don't usually look at her as Susan or Tina. We don't look at her as Tina, the woman. We look at her as mom, this woman that has this position, this very important position in our life. But when I started to unpack pieces of who my parents were, it started to really knock my socks off. I'm not going to lie. When I start considering like my parents as people outside of just being my parents, their lives, their lifestyles, like the unspoken rules that I learned, the unspoken lessons, the unspoken, you know, just the things that I picked up on based on who they were, not necessarily what they were intentionally talking to me about, but like reading between the lines, filling in the gaps just identifying and pinpointing who these people were and what impact who they were actually had on my life. So for my entire life, up until recent years, I looked at my mother as my dad's wife and the woman who birthed me, right? But as I started to just explore and dissect, I started to really realize that outside of that title, outside of that position, she was a high schooler whose mom didn't let her pursue pursue her dreams. She was someone who felt forced to go into the military because she didn't really have any choice in what she wanted her life to look at, to look like. She uh, got involved with a no good boyfriend who ended up being a no good husband who she stayed with for decades. Okay. But when I look back at like who she was before she met my dad, who she had to be in a marriage that where she was not happy, how her being in an unhappy marriage caused her to be an unhappy mother, how, you know, her relationship with my father, her relationship with herself, her, who she was as a woman, how that impacted who she was as a mother. Me, you know, now being a wife and a mother myself, realizing the impact and literally is damn near impossible for you to be a happy mom when you are a miserable wife. That impacts you in so many ways, but that's not something that you can, you know, you can verbalize or even put language to as a child. You just know your mama mean, you just know you don't like your mama. But with my mature eyes, I can say, well, she was mean because she was miserable. My daddy was a dog. You know, I know that as an adult, thankfully, I didn't know that as a child, but now I realize that as an individual, As a man, my father was the best. I was daddy's girl down, okay? My daddy was the best daddy in the world, but he was a dog of a husband to my mother. Both can be true at the same time. So imagine that. Imagine this miserable, 
This woman who is in a miserable marriage having to spend, be the default parent for a little girl who loves her daddy so much, loves this man that is dogging you out. Of course, you're going to start having this resentment towards this little girl who all day long, she just want to talk about where her daddy, give me my daddy. I want my daddy. The same daddy that's dogging you out. You know, that even I'm sure caused strain on our, our relationship. There's so many elements that I can pinpoint now as an adult, as a mature woman, I can impact those. I can pinpoint those things now and see the impact that they've had or that they had, you know, when I was a child, I can see that now with this much more mature perspective. But if I am not willing or if I do not create space for me to have that conversation with myself, because this doesn't have to be anything you share with anybody else, but just really getting to the root of why you are the way you are and what you were taught. So even simple things in terms of like dating, sex, marriage, most of us were not taught anything specific in those areas, we were just taught like, you don't do that, right? Or it's not the time you're too, you know, like, that's what you do when you're an adult, but we weren't really given like, strategies and solutions. We weren't given any direction. They just said, don't do this and don't do that. At least for me, for example. So when I think about, okay, all of these experiences that I've had with dating or with sex over my life, It's no surprise that I had to learn a lot of hard lessons because these were not conversations that I had as a child. I was not given any direction. Okay, I was not taught a healthy standard. I was not taught a healthy system for operating as a woman of dating age, as a sexually active woman. I was not given any direction. So I had to come up with whatever I felt like was the right, you know, way to do it. And those are two like very simple, very direct examples, dating and sex, because most of us can, you know, can agree that we didn't really have a whole lot of constructive conversation around sex. It was just like, you don't do this. Don't bring no babies home. Don't get pregnant. You know, like that was the conversation, but it was never, this is how you do it. This is the right way to go about it. This is, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't a constructive conversation. So if you can pinpoint that you didn't have any constructive conversations around those few topics. What else did you not have constructive conversations around? Were you taught how to relate to other people? Were you taught how to interact and engage in a healthy relationship? Were you taught how uh, like emotional intelligence? When I start really like looking at how much of a mess (laughs) I am in some areas of my life, I'm like, well, damn, it's no wonder. It's no wonder I'm a mess. It's no wonder I have been emotionally uh, detached because I come from two emotionally detached parents. I am a product of what my parents did or what they did not do. And you are too. When I think about the challenges that I have with friendships. You know, I've talked about the fact that I have a lot of, I won't say shallow friendships, but I'll say surface level. I have a lot of surface level friends. I have very few deep, meaningful friendships. But when I look back at my childhood and my parents, 
neither one of them really had friends. Like I did not grow up being around my mom socializing and hanging out with a bunch of women and having a bunch of people coming over to the house. My dad, literally, I cannot name or conjure up a memory of one single friend. And I'm not exaggerating. I cannot think of one single friend that I've met of my father's. So if I did not grow up seeing friendship period, let alone like a healthy friendship, then what are the odds that I'm going to just be able to magically create these healthy friendships that I've never seen before? Like these friendships that are a figment of my imagination, things that I've only seen like on TV and in movies. It's no wonder why I'm struggling to have meaningful friendships because I've never seen it. I haven't seen an example of it. If you have never seen, um, Someone be financially responsible, you know, depending on what you saw, how you grew up nine times out of 10, you're going to repeat the same behavior that you saw as a child. You have to start examining the root. Who raised you? How were you raised? What did you see? Over the weekend, uh, my baby, baby boy had his first birthday party. And so, you know, family was in town. My dad was in town and then my husband's, both of his parents were in town. So we ended up going to dinner the night before the birthday party. We're all at dinner together. And my takeaway from dinner. So I already knew, like I had already come to this conclusion of like how socially awkward my mother is. It is. Like Ray Charles can see how awkward she is in social settings. And I definitely know that I have some of that, right? I've told y'all several times that I'm an introvert. I wouldn't say that I, well, I kind of am socially awkward. I don't necessarily have anxiety, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I am not a social butterfly, okay? I'm just not. And I know now that I get a lot of that from my mama. But when I was sitting at dinner the other night, I realized for the first time in 38 years of life that my dad is also socially awkward. So much so that he's literally sitting at the dinner table next to me like with an earbud in his ear watching TikTok videos on his phone. Like I kid you not. Not engaging in any conversation, not being a part of the group showing me stuff on his phone, you know, putting the earbud into my ear so that I could hear what he was listening to being very socially awkward. And never in my life had I seen this or observed this with this lens and this perspective. So then, you know, after dinner, I'm like, well, damn, now I got a double whammy. No wonder I am this introvert that I am because I came from two Parents who did not have friends, lacked emotional intelligence, are socially awkward and emotionally distant. And that made me feel a little bit of relief. I'm not going to lie to you, because if I came from if I'm a truly a product of this, I'm not doing that bad. You know, at least I can recognize I'm self-aware enough to start pinpointing. Okay, this is not the best way 
to go about life. This is not going to get me truly what I desire. So I'm going to have to do something different. If you want something different, you're going to have to be willing to do something different. But before you can even do something different, you have to pinpoint what it is. Who made you who you are? Who taught you what it is that you believe? Because who raised you impacts all of who you are. Now you can work on it. You can make some mindset shifts. You can, you know, grow and mature and evolve and become the woman who you believe that God created you to be outside of who your parents raised you to be. But you're at first, you're at least going to first have to pause and get real about your roots. Who raised you impacts your beliefs, what you believe about money, what you believe about men, what you believe about friendships and relationships and marriage and career and money. Who raised you impacts your goals, what you believe you can even go after, what you see yourself being able to do is impacted by who raised you. The image that you have of yourself, your self-esteem, your self-talk. There's like science that says, I don't know how, you know, how this is science, but supposedly, I mean, I can identify with this statement that your self-talk is the voice of your mother from your childhood or whoever raised you. So those things that you used to hear when you were a little girl, good or bad, is often repeated to us throughout our lives as our own self-talk. It comes from somewhere. Somebody telling you you weren't good enough. Somebody telling you, you know, your value is in your looks or your value is in um, is in what you can do or, you know, encouraging you to be a people pleaser, being raised by a narcissist. Like all of that impacts who you are, who you think you are, who you believe you can become. All of it matters. And so we got to get real with ourselves for long enough to examine the roots so that we can change the fruit. Who you were raised by impacts your relationships. I grew up in a two-parent household. My parents were together until I was 15 years old. I saw a two-parent household. I did not necessarily see a healthy, happy two-parent household that I wanted to grow up and emulate or recreate for myself. So what I saw and what I did not see absolutely impacts what I believe I can have. It impacts how I operate and behave in my marriage. It impacts my expectations of what a, a husband and a wife uh, do, how they show up, how they behave. All of that matters. And if we are not careful, we'll get ourselves into relationships. We'll get ourselves into friendships. We'll get ourselves into situations where we're just showing up as who we are because this is who we've always been. And we are not willing to take a tough look at why we are the way we are, why we believe what we believe. How can we check ourselves now so that we can check our choices and change our outcomes? Your friendships are impacted by who raised you or your lack thereof. Your temperament is impacted by who raised you. If you were raised by someone who was super aggressive, you could either follow that pattern and be super aggressive yourself, or you could end up being very reserved, a people pleaser for fear of bringing that aggression out of other people. I'm telling y'all, studying your attachment styles 
studying your personality type, the more self-aware you become, the quicker you are going to be able to get to this life that you truly want to live. Um, I told y'all I launched my new blog, everybodylive.com. One of the articles on that blog um, is about attachment styles and the research that I've done on attachment styles. So I'm going to link that down below just so you can tap in um, because getting to success, however you decide define success personally or professionally, it requires self awareness. So the more you can learn about yourself, the more you can realize and recognize the roots, the closer and quicker you're going to get to your actual result, what you are desiring. So this week, once again, I am challenging you, take some time to examine your root, examine who raised you, examine how that's impacted you, but don't just stop there. From there, I want you to actually create a to-be list. And on this to-be list, you're going to list out some of the attributes of the woman that you believe is worthy of this life that you want to live. It's not enough to identify, okay, I don't have meaningful friendships because my parents were terrible friends or because my parents didn't have enough friends. That's step one, identifying the root cause. But now what am I going to do Because once you, if you knew better, you do better, right? Once you know better, now how can you take action? If you know who you don't want to be, identify who you want to become and then figure out how you can go from where you are to where you want to be. Make your to-be list. Who do you need to become? Who is God calling you to be in this season? If you have been enjoying the Sermon Podcast, please do your girl a favor and leave me a review on Apple or Spotify. It really, really helps um, to continue to get this message out and to reach the people who need it. I love you. I got nothing but love for you. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.